Colin, I want you to prepare to meet <laughs> Kali <laughs> in hell. <laughs> <laughs> You betrayed Shiva. <laughs> and he's like mumbles something like, betrayed Shiva. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> All right. So, um, so let me ask you guys, um, is, is Corona an acronym? And if so, what is it? I saw, um, this, yes, I it, saw, I saw a, a, a survey that said that 40% of people would not drink Corona beer. Yes. But what the survey was not saying was whether or not that was because of coronavirus. I think it was yeah. just a straight people would not drink. Coronavirus. Yes. <laughs> yes. The, 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 the articles at CNN specifically, for any reason. <laughs> yes. CNN was actually one who published a story on this survey and they tried to associate it with the coronavirus itself. This was like a month or so ago before it really got bad in the States. And if you look at the study, it has nothing to do with the virus whatsoever. They're just asking people if they would, would you drink, drink Corona, Corona beer. beer. Hey, they will wait. say no. All everything aside, they don't still like because no. they don't like Corona wait, beer. Though. Christ um, omnisciently rules over nations' ailments. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I just did that. Oh my goodness! That's I see yeah. those. Are you are you a oh. Sith Lord? Why? Sith staying in the house. <laughs> but that's negative, though. That's the bad guys that are yeah. staying in the houses. Uh, okay. Um, are you guys ready to start? I don't know. Ready is that Maybe. Right? Maybe. After, after that intro, I'm not sure. Let's give it a go. It's already off the rails. Yeah. I'm Zach. I'm Colin. And, and I'm Bob. And welcome, and welcome to, to the, the House Plants Podcast. Podcast. You did it that time. Sorry, I forgot you were there, Bob. <laughs> And um, we're here to talk about music, media, and the mission of Jesus. And, I wouldn't cut that off. And a lot of awesome uh, <laughs> yeah. other stuff. Uh, the, the, the main topic that we're going to be revisiting this week uh, is one you are already familiar with. We're going to be talking about all kinds of fancy terms and phrases that Christians throw around like they're just throwing out candy in the street. Some call it Christianese-ish. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Others <laughs> might even call it. Terms catology. The study of. Why does it have to have E's on the end of it? Because like Chinese, well, here's what I'm going to say, Japanese, but here's what I'm going to say. There's other languages out there that have different things on the end, like ish, like Danish and Spanish. So I'm going to call it Christish. See, it rolls to the tongue way better, right guys? (laughs) 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 All right. So (laughs) on that note, Zach, do you want to do a fun uh, worship version of a hymn that we I'm super excited about this arrangement that we just came up with. Um, Let's talk about ya boy. Ya boy, C-dubs. C-dub, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Charles Wesley, man, he's... He's cool, dude. Let me ask you, who is better, Charles Wesley or Martin Luther, based on just no context, just that question, nothing you know, else? Well, it's interesting because they did both write songs. They did. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were both, that's not the context I'm asking about. They were both very prolific. Well, you didn't ask about a context. That's so right. I provided my own. All right, good. I, I reject your reality. And <laughs> good. <laughs> All right, so yeah, we're going to be doing And Can It Be... That yeah. I would gain, technically, that I should gain. Sometimes yeah. the title is that long in your hymnal, but we've decided to uh, kind of take the amazing lyrics, remix, and and yeah. sort of um, give a new uh, cool melody line and chord structure 
something that uh, may sound a little foreign yeah. to those who know the song, but I have wanted a new musical setting for this for a while. So thank you, Colin, for it was a lot of fun it. to it's, get it. Yeah, the lyrics are just so theologically deep. But um, if you've sung it out of a hymnal with an organ and a choir, you know that it is very difficult to sing. Yeah, <laughs> and if you don't know it, can hit those yeah. those high notes. If you walk so. into church and hear that for the first time, you're just going to stand there and smile. It's going to be tough to catch in. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, this will be just a little bit different and a little bit stylized, but we hope you all like it. Here we go. Went forth and followed thee. 
Of fun to sing, yeah, buddy. My biggest hurdle for this song was the uh arrangement of the grammar. <laughs> and I kind of finally uh, overcame that uh hurdle. 1700s, <laughs> yeah. I think um Charles Wesley was channeling Yoda. Well, died he for me, <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> Charles Wesley was like a commander of, of, of the of the lyric, yes, he was know. a he was a wordsmith. Yes. As Marshall Mathers would say. Singing songs with songsmith. <laughs> it helps you to sing a song. Everybody look that up. That's a lot of fun. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but Charles Wesley never needed songsmith. He was just that good. Yeah, he did not need a Microsoft program from the mid-90s. <laughs> Called songsmith that helps you write a jingle for your glow-in-the-dark towels. So, um, guys, we are kind of wrapping up this term thing, but there is so, so much. I don't even know if we'll get all of them done in this episode. We listed so many of these when we, yeah. like, as soon as we started listing them out, the ideas just kind of kept flowing. Well, what's so. funny is that we are, we come from a perspective where we've grown up with these terms. So it doesn't feel like, you know, it feels like we're explaining right to somebody who should already know what this means. Like, but that's not the case. So yeah, it, it'd be fun to re-explore it. And, and as we were, were coming with these terms, I found it interesting that some of us were familiar with some of them and some of us weren't. Yeah. And so, so, so yeah, which, which even points out some of the cultural differences, even within this Christian subgenre genre. Church communities yeah. tend to have their own little groups that have all experienced things differently. And um, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's West, a, Westboro Baptist has like their own phrases and sayings that they please like to no. say. Oh my goodness. Oh my <laughs> please goodness. don't say them. People don't <laughs> no know. No one should though. say them. <laughs> Colin, you should explain to everybody. All right. So whose turn is it to pray? I think maybe last time I did. So I think it's um one of you Can't you remember. all. Yeah. I'll do it. Oh after you, Zach. I got it. Yeah. Sure. Father, just thank you so much for uh, this podcast and this platform and the ability to get on a mic and just speak and talk to each other. Um, pray that our fellowship that we have among the three of us would um, extend to those listening and that people would feel that um, we have invited them in to this. And um, I pray, Lord, that your message of hope 
um, that the message of your son who saved the world uh, would just come out in everything that we do and say in Jesus name. Amen. 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 All right. So last time we were uh, finishing up with the phrase, I feel led or led by the spirit. And if Mm -hmm. you're new to Christianity, that would be kind of a weird, confusing um, hurdle to understand. Absolutely. Uh, But uh, Jesus was actually led by the spirit as well as um, uh, there are terms that say that the people were led, but... Yeah. There's only, you had pointed out that I was led by the Spirit <laughs> only appears in one text, and that is... Uh, Not in the Bible. <laughs> goofy one, yeah. Um, So there you go. And then, uh, so, like, the the danger of that one is, as we pick back up, was the idea uh, that we um, shouldn't always fling that around whenever our feelings are feeling welled up. And so leading on to the next one, fellowship. Who wants to take fellowship? I suppose I can if we're getting the ball rolling, but uh, it's up for grabs, boys. What do you say? Go for it, man. Go for it. So fellowship. Here's the deal. We got a lot of scriptures involving fellowship. But if if you come into a church, and this was my experience, Mm -hmm. someone's like, oh, we're going to fellowship together. I'm like, (laughs) oh, that's a. That's a nice uh, word. Of the ring? Do you guys have the ring? <laughs> yeah. So what's funny about the word fellowship, and I looked this up, I actually, I think a lot of these notes uh, came from me. Uh, the first appearance of the word fellowship in the Bible is in Leviticus 6.2. It is transliterated. That's an interesting word. Mm-hmm. From the Hebrew term tesumeth yad, which also means deposit. And in the Greek, That's interesting. Koinonia, koinonia, koinonia. Oh uh, yes, meaning communion. Mm-hmm. And then uh, metoche, meaning metoche. partnership. Metoche, you gotta get your. <laughs> so, so according to the notes we've written, in essence, fellowship denotes sharing together. Now, I like the idea that the Hebrew word uh, kind of translates as deposit, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, because we've talked in the past about. Um, and in partnership as well. We've talked in the past about like the investment that yeah. we need to invest it, our time in a relationship. And I think that part of fellowship is the idea that you would invest your time for communion purposes, uh, for community purposes sure. uh, and communion with each other. Communion yeah. is a word that a lot of people just think means taking communion, but yeah. commu- having communion with each other is part of what this word yeah and so uh what when when fellowship is thrown around a lot of times this is what it'll be like it's like oh man we're all gonna fellowship together man this is great fellowship time and uh if you don't know what that is you're like was that like guy time (laughs) and i find it interesting depending on the type of the, the, the particular church you're in and some churches fellowship is a approximately three minute period in the service where you shake each other's hand. Ah, yeah. the and meet and greet time. Yes, and, and other yeah. and other moments. Let's uh, get that, that fellowship out of yes, the way. Yes, and, yeah. and spread that coronavirus. Yeah. And oh, um, <laughs> no coronavirus talk. No coronavirus talk. <laughs> yes, and, and, um, and whereas whereas in other churches you will sometimes find fellowship is not a time but a location. This is the fellowship. Hall. This and the, most of the time, there's no one there. Yes. It's fellowship. <laughs> is that sad? It's um, just an empty room where we have um, a potluck. Yes. You know, I will a couple also, times a year. I will also denote uh, that um, fellowship in church is sometimes used as both a noun and a verb. 
Say, yeah. Let's have fellowship. Let's fellowship. Let us fellowship with each other or let us have fellowship together. Yeah. And what's interesting about the distinction is that it's kind of like the way that Christians talk about the word love being a verb. Yeah. Like we mm-hmm. love one another. And we, we have love. And we have love. Yeah. And so, and so they're very interchangeable. And I think yeah. that a lot of people, you know, but I like the idea of learning yeah. with the Greek and the Hebrew kind of uh, yeah. with those, uh, the idea that it is a deposit. A deposit. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting because um, in Acts, when you see the church get together and they're like, okay, yep. we're going to get together and have fellowship together. What do they do? They all share what they have with one another. Ah, see that? Right. Mm-hmm. They, very true. they share all their, uh, all their possessions and, and um, resources. They pull it all together. Food. And that's the, uh, that's the deposit. It is, you know? And then yeah. of course, in first John uh, verses, first yeah. uh, John chapter one, verse seven, it says, and we have it written down here, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us from sin. So the way the yeah. scripture defines fellowship takes on an even greater yeah. uh, detail. And that is that fellowship normally denotes sharing in Christ yeah. as well as sharing right. in each other's uh, presence. Um, because if we walk in the light as he walked in the yeah. light, we fellowship with one another. Um, it's almost as if, 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 if we share in the same spirit of Christ, there is automatically yeah. fellowship, which is cool. I think it's interesting because um, when we condense down the gospel down to the very like basic, like you need Jesus to get yeah. you saved kind yeah, of message, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. we end up with, Oh, the blood of Jesus takes away your sin. Uh, yada, yada, yada. You're done. Um, but, you know, in First John 1, 7 and a lot of other places, it includes the fellowship that we have with one another. So the blood of Jesus actually accomplishes that as well. You know, it's Christ right. that we share in that gives us the ability to have communion with one another mm-hmm. and not just taking care of the sin so that we can go on about our day. But yeah, it gives but, us it gives us that shared bond as yes, well. Yes, that relationship that we have. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So um, I guess uh, we've closed the book on fellowship. Hopefully, <laughs> not uh, literally, because we want to uh, we want to continue to fellowship together. Uh, but for the time being, uh, it, it's tough to do that physically. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, it's all good. So mm-hmm. all right. Moving on. Who wants to take Waymaker? Zach, take Waymaker because you know okay. about that Nigerian original version of it. And I will help you out with some scripture. Okay, so you first said, okay, Waymaker is a Christianese phrase. And I'm like, it is. It's just that one song that, I mean, granted, that's yeah, it's, 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 it's very new to our particular it's culture. It's ubiquitous. But it's actually a lot of other songs, too. There's a lot and of I, songs that uh, I thought of more later. Oh, did we you? Talked about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, the phrase or make a way. Like, make away. okay, make a way, sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Which yeah, is the well, same thing as made saying away. Waymaker. And, and, and they're trying fair. to condense the phrase. The Bob. If, that, you, that's fair. if you've got chains, he's a chain breaker. If you've <laughs> got ways, he's a way maker. That's right. He's a something, something, <laughs> low down, way real maker, great savior. Beautiful worker. Or the one that goes, you made a way for all to enter in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you make you me brave. Make me brave. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, the cool, oh, yeah. Yeah. The cool thing about the actual song Waymaker is it's actually older than most people think. It's from like 2012, I think. Or something like that. Yeah. yeah it's actually, but it's only recently come out as a, 
Uh, oh, oh. In in North America, yeah, but it's actually a uh, it's an African song originally, Nigerian song. Right, I can't remember the name, um, but you can look it up. Mm-hmm. Um, I will. I'll the re- be the guy for the recordings that. that most people do in church are based off of the Leland version. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Yep. So that's why Colin wrote songs Waymaker by everyone. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's. I mean, it's like Leland Band is just gonna like snatch that up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I think that Waymaker uh, song mm-hmm. I think is from two thousand and, and uh, fifteen tw- maybe or twelve something like that. Somewhere it says that Sinach, S-I-N-A-C-H. Well, she, she's, she's got an album called Waymaker, but I'm not sure she is actually. No, but, no it, it includes Waymaker, I Know Who I Am, and a bunch of other songs. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So and she's I think done a she is the one who released it, Sinatch. And she's Waymaker a, original artist. If you look it up on CCLI. Waymaker has been covered by multiple Christian artists such as yada, 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 but the original... Was uh, Sinatch. That's okay. who originally did it. Very Origin cool. Afikpo South, Ibonyi State, Nigeria. Okay, yeah. So it's S- Sinach or Sinach. I, I, I'm okay. not spelling that's it. it. I'm not yeah, saying that's it right. the name. I just couldn't remember. Yeah, so um, it's funny because they're, it's morphed into these different forms now, Waymaker. Because no. we were joking about this in the chapel office the other day because there's, um, there's White Waymaker, which is Leland. Right. Oh, right? okay. There's, yeah. there's gospel Waymaker, um, which you can find a lot of different versions of that. There's very charismatic, like IHOP style Waymaker, which you can find. And usually those are like 12 minutes long. Right. <laughs> yes, I, I, with I, a lot of spontaneous, yes. like breakout kind of stuff. And speaking of Christian terms, just a side note, IHOP is International House of Prayer. Not, ne- right. not necessarily the, the breakfast restaurant. Yes. <laughs> Although they may serve pancakes. I don't know. I've never been. Yeah, I've, I've never been either. But, yeah. but yes. Um, yes. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so IHOP does definitely have their own style of, of, yeah. of worship yeah. as well. There's even like old people Waymaker now. Like, Oh, really? Yeah. You look, there's, yeah, it's done by like choirs and stuff. So interesting. It's very, I, it's, it is ubiquitous is the definition of ubiquitous. Well, I, I got to say, when, when you when you read the lyrics, I mean, and I think you may have mentioned this to me once, Zach, that this this song, it, it's it got soul. And it, yeah, and, and, it if, and if you don't sing it with soul, it just doesn't feel right to me. Some, so, so in I, some regard, you're right. But the, the problem is that uh, us white boys, we just really can't dig deep, I feel like. <laughs> I, I tried to do stuff like uh, uh, Rance Allen and stuff, and I fail yeah, miserably. It's not, I just can't do it. Yeah. I don't That's have to okay. style down. You don't, yeah, you don't have to yeah. be Rance Allen. No, I don't have to, but, but I, w- I wish that I had the kind of yeah. pipes that he had. He's an amazing singer. Check out some of those IHOP kids mm-hmm. sometime. So one of yeah. the things about Waymaker, the phrase too, though, is that it has double meanings as, as, mm-hmm. as well as a few, but there's yeah. an allegorical, like parable. Yeah. And then there is the literal. And what's funny is that I have here Isaiah 43, 19. Um, and this is, I guess, the ESV version of this scripture, but it says... Behold, I am a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness mm-hmm. and rivers in the desert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, if if you're talking physically, like, you know, literally make a path for you, that's one thing. But a lot of the songs that we're listening to and what we're hearing is talking about making a way for a yeah. sinner 
to enter the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, absolutely. Bigger cast. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so I just wanted to make that distinction. Because I think that tends to be the, um, the general like definition that we tend to use. Yeah. Yeah. The general usage. <clears throat> right. Yeah. But, uh, but God and, or, and both in Jesus, uh, in the scriptures have demonstrated that they can use a physical ex, uh, demonstration yeah. to explain mm-hmm. a idea. Yeah. So they can say like, Oh yeah, um, there's no way to the river. Well, I'll make you a way to the river. And it's like, yeah. Oh, okay. And they're like, no, do you understand what I'm saying? There's water and I'm the water. I'm mm-hmm. the, the water of life. And yeah. they're like, Oh wait, you're saying make a way to you. Gotcha. And it, <laughs> Scripture both has places where mm-hmm. it says Jesus made the way. That's but right. And there's places where Jesus yeah. is the way. I'm the way, way the, the truth, truth, and the life. That is John exactly 14. Right. That's right. exactly right. Yeah. And so, yeah, not a bad term. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're a new Christian. Yeah. Yeah. That's, needs some explaining. What the heck? Yeah. What way? Waymaker. No yes. way maker. <laughs> yes. We yes. used to and, do this and, song called The Way. And it just yeah. goes, you are the way <laughs> <laughs> very loud. And it sounds good. Yeah. We should do a, a chilled out version of it. We should. Down. <laughs> All right. Speak. Uh, so speaks now, a better word. Speaks a better word. I've been, I've been yakking a bunch. Uh, uh, either one yeah. of you guys want to handle this one and I will. Sure. How much do you know about this phrase and where it comes from, Bob? Well, I know, I know a little bit about it. Um, I mean, uh, the last, uh, year and a half or so, um, my Bible study group had been going through the book of Hebrews, you know, verse by verse, line by line. Okay. And so when we came across this one, it really stuck out to me uh, in in Hebrews 12, which is one of my favorite chapters in general. But, uh, but in verse 24, he says that the Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. And so So what's that reference? (laughs) Yes. Now, 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 if you go back to the idea of, uh, of, uh, you go back to Genesis and you got the idea of Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel. Okay. And, and there in Genesis, God says that Abel's blood cried out to him when, when his brother killed him and Mm. cried out to him from the field. So, so this is referring to the fact that, um, that, uh, that, that the blood of, um, that Jesus's blood covers up those sins. It speaks a better word than, than, than that, which was cried oh, out to him. Crying, whining kind of word as, as opposed to, I wouldn't to... say whining as much as it was a cry for justice. As... Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So, yeah. I mean, that's this... interesting that, um, Hebrews is so self referential to the old Testament. Scripture. Absolutely. You know, it's basically an old Testament Bible study within the Bible. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, oh it, it very much is. I mean, yeah. everything from, from the, 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 the Ark of the covenant and, and the tabernacle, yeah. the tent that they right. carried around for 40 years. Um, and, right. and the Holy of Holies and the scapegoat and it's so much of the tradition, but you also got to notice the, the, the Hebrews itself was written to, as the name implies, Hebrews, yeah. uh, Israelites, Jews. So they already had this context in place. And so we're trying to understand it secondhand in a lot of ways. So the reason I brought this one up, Zach at first was like, this one isn't like one that gets I had not heard it a lot except for in this one Matt Redman song. So yes. Matt Redman's rendition of Nothing But the Blood. Yes, one of my favorites. Um, uh, his, his lyric is as follows. Yes. Um, so it is your blood, your blood, your blood speaks a better word than all the empty claims I've heard, heard upon, upon this earth. earth. Mm. Yes. So, yeah. so the song makes me think of Brandon Rose because yeah, 
That was the person who sang it. And Bob, all the time. <laughs> I think that Matt Redman do, is doing a fairly good job of sort sure. of referencing what you were describing about yeah. Abel and the empty claims potentially. Yeah. I don't know if Abel had empty claims, but well, it's 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 this idea though that um, that that although the blood was shed, therefore blood is owed through the sacrifice of lambs. And right. Well, when, and, and so, but but even then, that could not get us to salvation. Right. A- yeah. Abel being killed by Cain, right, is is not even anywhere close to the the death of Jesus in his blood. Absolutely. And it, so it, it covers the, all those things. That's the reference, right? Absolutely. So the problem I have, sorry to say this to um, somebody else who has a song called "Speaks a Better Word." Uh, hold on one second. I'll make sure I'm reading the lyrics right. Uh, so here we go. Here's here's Leland's uh, lyrics to this. Um, let me get them. <laughs> this is why I was like, I'm not sure I like that. <laughs> uh, because this is this is the 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 chorus is fine. It's sure. Uh, it's calling out my name. It's breaking every chain. Of course, we know these common phrases. Yeah, right. It's making all things right. The precious blood of Christ speaks a better word. Speaks a better word. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yes, it does. That's right. And so you yeah. sit there scratching your head and you're like, what are you talking about? Because if you're a new Christian and you heard that lyric, you're like, what is what is that even? Sure. That's a fragmented sentence that makes absolutely no sense. I outside, guess the, outside of context, you're absolutely right. It's, yeah. It's interesting, yeah. Like, okay, so you talk talking about song lyrics, right? And sure. Like coming up with lyrics and we're trying to come up with scripture references, but you can't just like throw them in there. So like it's sometimes that, sometimes yeah. it's okay if your yeah. intention if the intention yeah. of the songwriter is to say, Well, I want them to go to the scripture and research what that means. Yeah. That's one thing. But sometimes when you're a new Christian and you're like, I've been singing this forever, I have no idea what this means sure. at all. Matt Redman's song it's like it follows a, like more of a logical thought and it's coherent. Yeah. It speaks a better word than all the empty claims I've heard upon this earth. It speaks righteousness for me. Stands speaks in, my, in defense. my defense. Yeah. Jesus is your yeah, blood. Yeah, Jesus is your blood. So it's like one complete, that stands yes. as one complete and, and, thought. And so even if yeah. you didn't catch that single segment of speaks yeah. a better word, you at least understand the other ideas that the are the there that are being presented. So, yeah. so here's the thing about the song though. He does describe what the blood is doing, but yeah. mm-hmm. he doesn't give reference to that scripture. Even still describing what the blood is doing, that phrase is confusing on its own. Like, sure. I'll read you the first couple of lines, and I don't think Leland's going to care. I don't hate you, Leland. We love your song, Follow <laughs> You. I'm just... And a lot of other ones. <laughs> and a lot of other ones. We, uh, I, I think uh, he, he's a great guy. His band's awesome. But here you go. Your blood is healing every wound. Your blood is making all things new. Your blood, mm-hmm. is, your blood speaks a better word. Yeah. Next verse. Your blood, the measure of my worth. Your blood, more than I deserve. Your blood speaks a better word, speaks a better word. Now, extrapolating the first part of those, you know, those lyrics, what you're essentially hearing is the importance of Jesus's blood. But the phrase speaks a better word. You're still yeah. in the dark about. Right. Like it would be like this. The, I'm gonna make a. I'm gonna make up a new phrase. Here we go. I'm gonna sing. 
Jesus is king. He's the Lord of everything. And guess what? He doesn't spread butter on the side of that bread. And here we go. Verse two. And they're like, what are you even referencing? It's like, oh, you don't know about uh, third uh, Corinthians 19. Well, it's not like it's <laughs> it's not like it's made up completely. It's, it's just, not. No, I'm it's saying just a reference I'm, that's not I'm giving founded upon. I'm yes. giving an example. So <laughs> yeah. I know that's not lyrics or anything. I'm just saying that, like, without some of the context, I feel like you come into that sure. church. You're like, what, are you, what yeah. does that even mean? Right. So that's just a little nitpicky thing. I'm sorry that I'm so well, uh, yeah, anal so, about it. But we're not necessarily we're not hating on Leland. I think for me, if, if I would just categorize um, the Matt Redman song in a little bit stronger category because I feel like it has coherence yeah. and uses that scriptural reference and kind of uses it in the right way, whereas the Leland song kind of has a bunch of scriptural references and they seem like they're kind of yes. more... They all get at the same idea, but they're not. It's not. There's not as much of a coherence of thought. So sure. you can't like get the gist of it as well. Leland's song yeah. is probably uh, centered more towards uh, weathered Christians, like Christians who have been Christians mm. for a little while, because they understand what the blood means and what yeah. and what the speaks a better word kind of means. Sure. So anyway, that's you know I don't have to harp on it or anything. I'm kind of a jaded uh, lyricist sometimes because me and Zach put all the music, <laughs> and it's my fault. I'm a little bit of an elitist. I'll admit it. But all right. Yeah. Backsliding. I want Bob to take it, even though I know you just took yeah. one. The, sure. This one is Bob's. Because <laughs> but the, 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 we, you have more experience than us. This is one of those terms that that oftentimes you don't hear as in certain churches. And in other churches, you'll hear it all the time. And so and it tends to be associated more with the more rural or country style yeah. preaching. Yeah. Um, typically, not always, but 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 typically. And and the term basically refers to the idea of someone who is who is moving forward in the walk with Christ, and then something mm. happens, and they've uh, they've fallen into a pit, a rut of sin, and so that is usually referred to as backsliding. You've yeah. fallen, you've slid in back in that walk with Christ, and now you need to get up and move. You're not forward walking again. as close with with Christ because yes. you've backslid away from Him. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's it's got this directional ideas be about uh, this distance idea built into the terminology there. Right. Um, it is not built directly on scripture um, at, by any means. Isn't it? Or is it not? I don't know. Uh, well, the implication I, I, of it. Oh, no, the implication. <laughs> sure. I'm just saying as a direct reference. I mean, sure. yeah. no, I mean, no, you're right. The word yeah. backsliding is word in the scripture. Yes. Yeah. Which is also why you never really yeah. hear it in, uh, from a music me- uh, media in the mission of Jesus. You don't really hear it too much in the music and media aspect because it is not me, directly involved in scripture very much. Bob, you've not heard the song uh, backsliding forward. That is correct. I have yeah. not heard that song. Well, here it's you not, go. <laughs> it's not cool unless you play it with a slide. So here's backsliding forward for everybody who hasn't heard it. Some people, they backslide back. But I backslide forward. I backslide forward. You need to play it with a slide. I mean, what a missed opportunity there. <laughs> I rate that song very low. <laughs> All right. Oh so my goodness. I'm just being um, Okay. So here's something I'm just thinking about. Sure. A lot of churches um, preach that you can't lose your salvation. Mm-hmm. Right. Especially like a lot of like country churches that we've like talked about or been to. Sure. But they will still say backsliding. So sure. what's the difference in your experience of like the way that they talk about backsliding versus like you're secure, you don't lose your salvation? Like, well, I, I, yeah, I will admit that this does tend to fall more in the churches that tend to hold a uh, 
um, I guess, uh, Calvinistic reformed, this idea that yes. you can't lose your salvation, or is that if someone does reject Christ, then that they were never really saved to begin with right. mentality yeah. is the terms that you hear it fall. But I, but usually it were still the, the idea of pursuing Christ is still yeah. going on there. And so this idea of backsliding might still be attached to it because, um, you, that, that, you haven't lost your salvation in those communities as much as you have kind of drifted away and not uh-huh. as close as you desire to be to Christ or Christ yeah. wants you to be. There's still this desire, the, the, this pull of Christ to yeah. become closer and closer, be, become more like him. I mean, and Paul talks yeah. about this all the time as yeah. well. And so, um, so yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting because even in, even in places where they're, pretty much like no you can't you can't lose it they still want to like have these ways to talk about accountability because i think absolutely ways that they try to oh sure sure absolutely yeah Yeah. i mean accountability is built into the scriptures very much i found some uh scriptures here that i find interesting they don't say backsliding obviously but they're reading that general idea sure first one i see is revelation 2 5 okay and it says remember therefore from where you have fallen repent and do the works you did at first I, if not, I will come ah. to you and remove your lampshade from its yeah, place yeah. unless you repent. And then the second gotcha. one is Second Peter two twenty one, and this one's more to the point. And it says, "For it would have been better for them never to have known the way of righteousness than after knowing it to turn back from the holy commandment delivered to them." So here, <laughs> this is not a question I want to answer right now. But there has been some speculation raised on this idea that you could lose the Holy Spirit or you could lose uh, your salvation uh, after being saved uh, or, you know, uh, after accepting Jesus as your and, Lord and, and Savior. To be clear, we are not going to be tackling no, that. No, no, we're not going to tackle that. Yes. Obviously the, not. But, but yeah. this, this but is an argument. The word yeah, backsliding yes. definitely deals with yeah. that sort of conundrum. Yes. Yeah. And so yeah. I think there's some people that might find yeah. that yeah. particular phrase to be blasphemous. Right. Sure. And, and and that argument has been going on for centuries. Yeah. Yeah, people yeah, yeah. feel very secure in their opinions on that topic. But the truth is that it's been debated and argued for yeah, literal yeah. centuries. Maybe so, maybe a few years from now when the Houseplants podcast is big and brave, we might tackle <laughs> a big subject like that. <laughs> so right now we're a three-leg chair. The, the, we're on, the, we're on the right we're now. on the milk, not the meat. Oh yes, man, the, the, yeah, we're not yeah. strong enough. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. we're, getting there, <laughs> we're about to get to that yes. one. The, the, the goal is not to divide our audience among no, right, absolutely not. Yeah, such, yeah. such topics. So right, yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, you're you're right. And I was trying to think of some other scriptures that kind of talk about the same thing. And the ones I'm thinking of are mostly in First John. So same author there. Um, yep. John, he writes a lot about yeah. this idea of um, backsliding or the fancy word for it, apostasy. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a yeah. seminary it's a, student right there coming out. Yeah. So, okay. Um, the fall. Let's talk about the fall. The fall. And saved us from the fall. Mighty is. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm just going to do songs for every little phrase that we do. Yeah. Um, so one of the things uh, about the fall is that they're usually referencing the fall of man into sin mm-hmm. in Genesis yeah. when Adam Genesis chapter three. eats from the fruit mm-hmm. of the tree of, um, of knowledge. And so here's here's one thing I wanted to kind of, uh, I wanted to read some scripture as well in addition to that. Yeah. What I think is interesting is it's referred to as the fall, and I don't know where that term actually came from, but if you look in your Bible um, at Genesis 3, the heading will be, 
the fall. Well, usually. But it, headings. The were fall not, of man. Yeah. In headings mind. in the Bible are not an actual part of the original scripture. Right. No. They were added in later by Bible editors. And then right? the, the ones who have the headings going forward, like if you have an NIV and they update it like 20 years from now, it'll, they keep the it same It could headings. have different. It might. Sometimes they have different headings. Oh, okay. They change them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. From version yeah. to version. So here's a scripture from Romans 512. And it says, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man mm-hmm. and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. And yeah. so mm-hmm. this idea of fall kind of uh, encapsulates yeah. for everybody who doesn't understand if the, your pastor says, you know, when the fall happened. Ever since the fall. Ever since the fall. Sure. We are we are encapsulated. We're not talking about last October. Yeah, ever since the fall. <laughs> so, when so, sin was just terrible. It's like, what? The, the so, leaves were beautiful. I think yeah. people were being rather courteous to each other, I thought. Yeah, yeah so so in, in greater detail, what this is referring to, not just a, a, as a location in your Bible, but this idea that we have fallen from grace, mm-hmm. or we may have started in this perfect state of not knowing the difference between good and evil. <laughs> And that, and that when, when uh, Adam and Eve ate from the tree, they obtained this knowledge and therefore they fell from the state by which God had originally placed them in. Nice mm-hmm. going, Adam, backsliding. Yeah. <laughs> you backsliding, boy? Man, now I got to work real hard in my garden. I could have had stuff growing in one day and now it's, I got to like grab in the ground apparently because that's what it says in the scripture. So, yeah. You're so, going to work yourself to death in those fields. So um, another verse, 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 21 and 22. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ we all will be made alive. So the thing that comes with the fall um, that's associated with it, sin, is it brought about our death. Mm -hmm. That's a reason people die. Um, you know, so sure. yeah, it's very central to the Christian message, yes. but we've had this little, uh, slogan for it. And this is one thing I wanted to, I, I, I'm not going to go on a soapbox cause I want to get through more of these terms, but I wanted to just stop and talk about this for a minute. Um, mm-hmm. we, one of the first episodes we did, uh, or the, the first couple of episodes we did, we got on this idea of what the entire Bible, what mm-hmm. the story of the entire Bible is saying. Mm. Okay. And so I asked that question on Facebook and we went through the whole thing of what people thought, you know, um, the fall to me is the, uh, in the store. And when you write a story, you have exposition, the first conflict, rising action, climax, falling action, resolution, right? Mm -hmm. The story of the Bible is the first conflict is sin to me. This is how I, I feel about it. And mm-hmm. God being the hero who says, this is an issue and I, I don't know how, like, I don't know how I'm going to fix this or I'm, obviously he knew how, but I'm saying, you know, I'm speaking, uh, what do you call it? Uh, allegorically. And then um, Jesus Christ, uh, crucifixion and resurrection, just like we celebrated this past week, is the climax of that story. The, de- the defeat of, of, of sin overall humanity and the fulfilling of a covenant. And so sure. what, what I think is interesting is that people try and disconnect different things in the Bible, but they are all connected, starting from Genesis all the way through Revelation with the second coming of Christ. And so I, I just wanted to just stop for a minute and talk about how the fall 
really is just the beginning of that story. The first time we see an issue with God and how he uh, eventually uh, brings it to fruition. And what's interesting is it throws you um, a foreshadowing right there at the beginning because there's um, that scripture. It's Genesis 3, I think like 15, and it's it's God talking to... Adam and then talking to Eve, he says to Adam, like, you're going to have to work by the sweat of your brow. Digging that dirt all day, you'll toil. Gives a really bad curse to Eve uh, and uh, talks to the snake. And he's like, guess what? The offspring of the woman is going to crush your head and you're going to be defeated forever. And so it was like, even there, right at Genesis 3, right at the very point. A little foreshadowing. Even right at the very point where it says that the fall happened, that's when um, the hope starts to enter in. So I think that the, like, where does the gospel begin? It begins in Genesis. All the way back into Genesis. Yeah, there you go. Um, Let's... uh, well, I don't know. Do you guys want to yeah. talk about you are the uh, you are of the world? I mean, yes, that's fine. Yeah, I I, I do I do want to handle this one. Um, specifically. Go ahead, Bob. Yeah, I, go I didn't it. put a lot of notes for it because it's you know it's just kind of a phrase. But go ahead. Well, buddy. it is actually more than just a phrase. This one is is very much. Is it a turn of phrase? <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. So 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 this one this being in the world um, is a phrase that you will hear quite a bit in the church. Yeah. You know. Um, and so in, in the, what, what a lot of people don't realize is that this does actually have a lot of biblical basis. Um, in the Gospel of John, it says, if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, mm. therefore the world hates you. And so th- th- this, is, this is the words of Christ to his disciples. Um, you also got um, uh, Paul mentioning in Romans chapter 12, where he says, do not conform to this world, but, the, uh, but, the, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That, the te- uh, that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And then, um, and then I guess in, in 1 John, he mentions, uh, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. So this whole idea of being in the world, but not of the world is, 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 is quite common. And so you often hear these phrases come together, in the world, not of the world. So we, th- in other words, this idea, this is not our home. We've got some place that's being prepared for us by Christ, um, where He says, I, "You know, I, um, you know, I'm, I'm preparing a place for you with my Father's house, um, where there's many, many rooms and where we can play football." Yeah. And right, big, big house. <laughs> that, that big, big house. Big, big house. <laughs> no, not just a big house, but a the big, big, big house. house. <laughs> so, and, and so, so this idea that being adopted into the kingdom of heaven, being adopted by in, into God's mm. family, that this is no longer our home. And so we might be here, we might be in it, but this should not be our, this is often associated with the idea that this should not be our focus, this should not be our desire, more specifically. Which is why, again, I yeah. say that in the pop industry, one woman stands alone, Carrie Underwood, who sings, this is not, this is my temporary home. It's not where I belong. <laughs> Doorways and rooms. Um, so, uh, no, I'm, I do like yeah. Carrie Underwood, but I was just teasing. Um, this this idea of saying you were of the world, I think it's can be dangerous if you're using it to, you know, to kind of like call out or slander. Yeah. Oh, sure, Because sure. the problem, the problem is that there is a double-sided coin, I think, and that is that you, as a person who 
when accepting Jesus, accepted that you would follow his teaching, should also be trying to figure out how to, uh, 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 what's the word, disciple, to, sure. to make yeah. disciples of the nations, sure. right? And so how can you do that if you're not part of the world? So that is... Well, that, well, well, no, no, right. So uh, what I'm saying is that's one argument. Sure. And then the opposite argument is that we, as Christians, should exclude our our love of the world, our... our, our um, interest in the world and, and, and focus more on godly things. Sure. And so it is, it is a constant thing. I think Christians do uh, or struggle with maybe the balance of, mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. And so it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's funny because you can say like, Oh, you like, um, I've had somebody say this to me at work. They were like, well, you're, you know, certain Christian bands that you listen to that are have like heavy metal and stuff. That's just worldly music. That's what the world yeah. is. Oh, it's like world music. Like they say the, they call it worldly. <laughs> the they say, world. say your yeah. music is worldly. It sounds too mm. worldly. That's what he said to me. Yes. And, but then his thing was to show me a different music and it was like gospel. Right. Sure. And I was like, just because the music is different doesn't mean it's inspired by the world. You know, we have jazz chords and, and, the, and they're not, you know, you can't just pick and choose, right? Sure. Yeah. And, and, and so you do see the spectrum of, of how much of the world are we going to accept? And so I've got friends that grew up, they did not have a television in the house. Um, they were raised and were very isolated away from pop culture, which... That must uh, be nice. <laughs> and, and so, and, and a lot of so, so, so all the modern bands that were coming out had no idea who they were. Sure. The classics, they had no idea who they yeah. were. The latest movies, very little insight into that. Um, yep. Some yep. families even viewed Disney itself as being um, as being the uh, great world- Satan. Yes, yes, <laughs> worldly and and something we need to shield oh, our kids oh, from. Oh, I'm the beast. <laughs> Why read the Bible when you can watch the TV? <laughs> oh my goodness! I just, I just have, oh I have a very profound thought for you guys about all this. You see, he taught me how to pray, and how to save my soul. He taught me how to praise my God and still play rock and roll. The music may sound different, but the message is the same. It's just the instruments who praise His name. Ooh! Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Oh man, a Jesus great poem. is a friend of mine. So, I have a friend in Jesus. Hayaku from uh, the 14th century. The, there was there was a classic. I forget if it was 70s or 80s. Uh, I, I want I want to say it was 80s, but uh, it was uh, Why should the devil have all the good music? Hmm. <laughs> and, and, and when I say classic, I the mean implication I, of that. Uh, That's uh, funny. Yes, it was. You know, the idea is, is uh, I don't need I don't need a funeral march. I ain't dead yet. You guys yeah. know what I meant by that. Uh, in reference to a lot of the more the classic, the more the gospel yeah. style. You guys know what I meant by that balance, right? Because um, one argument might say, like, let's take this rock sound and make Christian music with it, and then yeah. we can sort Petra. of reach out. Absolutely. Yeah, and then striper or red. Bride or a, sk- a skillet, white snake, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, white snake, Alana Marth, huh? Lamb of God. Oh my goodness, no, 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 not Lamb of God, no, 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 no. So, no. um, so, well, I mean, you know. So anyway, the the thing I was saying is there's there's kind of a balance there, and then yeah, there is like you you guys have heard me on the podcast talk about like worship music being like of a certain sound just in my own mind, I guess. Right, but, um, right, but. Uh, we have to understand that God can use everything, but he doesn't want us to love the use of the things of the world, but he knows that they can be used as tools yeah, to sure. reach the the lost. You don't, another term. You don't worship the uh, the the thing. 
Mm-hmm. You worship the creator. Yes. And, and you can yeah. appreciate the, the, um, the creativity and artistic mm-hmm. value yeah. that God has given us mm-hmm. in the creation of this, what, what you want to call it, worship or praise right. or, right. or music that glorifies in, in, a, in, 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 in this very particular way. It might sound similar to other things, but the point is the intention and its purpose and how it's being used. So what do we know? We know that um, if you are of the world, then you should sing this song. We are the world. <laughs> we are the children. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I much prefer We're Stars. Please look this up. Anybody yeah. who's listening, look up the song We're, We're Stars, Stars by, by Hearing Aid. Hearing Aid. Yeah. With a with a little apostrophe. It's a great eighties uh raise, raising awareness ballad by some great eighties <laughs> musicians. And you'll be surprised how many famous singers are a part like of it. Chris Dawkin from Dawkin. <laughs> Uh, from Blue Oyster Cult, like there's a million uh, Blue Oyster Cult, a yeah. million singers in there. All right, Quiet Riot. Yeah. So, uh, uh, should we wrap up or do one more? Or we're kind of pushing time, right? Oh, we, we, we can get a couple more in there. Okay. okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Let's each pick one. Okay. Oh, of the last three. And yeah, well, let's each. There's a whole bunch more, but let's each pick oh, our that's favorite. True. That's true. Let's each pick okay. our favorite and talk about okay. it quickly. I I, got I can it. do. Um, I like the idea of Cornerstone. Let me do that one. Okay. Is that okay? Do you Go want me it. to start with Cornerstone? Do it. So here's the thing. Do it. Cornerstone has its roots in all kinds of scripture. Oh, a lot, yeah. And uh, one of the the great things about the imagery of Cornerstone uh, is this, I don't want to say it's a contract or a construction imagery, but it kind of is because of the way that they build buildings. But... Um, Built on the, like, so in Ephesians 2, 20, it says, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ himself, Jesus, uh, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. Uh, and then, like, uh, what else do we have here? We have uh, what looks like Isaiah twenty eight sixteen that says, so this is what the sovereign Lord says. See, I lay a stone in mm-hmm. Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone, for a sure, sure foundation, foundation that one who relies on it will never be stricken with panic. So one thing I remember about the way like they talk about it, like what a cornerstone really is. And uh, I was told this from a pastor, so I'm going to regurgitate what I remember. Essentially, a cornerstone is the first stone placed mm-hmm. on top of the like on top of the actual like ground. The big old brick. That yeah. will start the yeah. process of the building. So mm-hmm. the reason the cornerstone is important is because all other bricks rest upon it. Yeah. And if we think about Christ in the same way, Christ is our cornerstone because we rest our hope and our faith and our love on the cornerstone. Yeah. And so. And what do we do if we're all a bunch of stones or bricks? We line up. According to the cornerstone. That's exactly right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're we're a part of the referencing of the original stone that was laid yeah, first. Yeah. The the most important stone that determines how the entire building is going to be right. built. Now, yeah. if you if you because it says here a sure foundation. Now, what happens if you build a house on sand or on mud or on in a swamp or something yeah. like that? Your building may crumble to the ground. The foundation of our faith being Christ is very centric to this idea of the word cornerstone. Yeah. So when you hear the word cornerstone as a phrase or in a song, 
and you're thinking like, okay, I, I kind of get it. Jesus is like a, a stone, but what is, yeah. what is, what is the actual phrase cornerstone mean? Because we have, um, a few worship songs that I really enjoy. One is a uh, precious cornerstone. Yep. Sure. Foundation sure based foundation. on that Isaiah scripture. You <laughs> are faithful to the end. Um, all to us. That's a great song. And then, uh, of course, you guys know the original hymn. I like it. Uh, I just call it Sinking Sand or uh, The Solid Rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, you guys have probably heard a more modern version. The Hillsong one, which is called Cornerstone. Yeah. Right. And it basically reiterates the hymn. And then uh, Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love. See, lyrically, yeah. it supports this idea of the what the cornerstone is. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, yeah, and so if you take it, just like Jesus Christ in our lives, if you took the cornerstone away from a building, you are going to have a very shaky foundation. The building may crumble because that first stone, which kind of holds everything in place, may crumble. Yeah. Especially in places like that, you know, we've done some ministry in, not right. me personally, but you've went to Haiti, you've helped build buildings there. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. You take out one very, of the foundational yeah. rocks and you're done. Well, you know, there's a, we... CFI builds houses in Haiti, or at least they did when I went down. And you had to have a local um, person there, bricklayer, guiding the whole process because you're a layman from America who's never done this before. You don't know how to work with just cement and and concrete. Absolutely. You're kind of just there doing, um, to use another term, fellowship. (laughs) But there's a guy, uh, usually a couple of guys, and they're like guiding each of the bricks that are being put into place because they right. got to be put and he's got a level and he's like checking it right. mm-hmm. you know uh, yeah. another scripture i think is really cool um because referencing that isaiah scripture talks about how um, the stone in zion is this precious cornerstone talking about you know god and who we put our faith in there's a psalm psalm 118 in verse 22 it says yep. the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone I am the and, stone that the builder refused. Yeah, yeah. I am the vision. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So Jesus in uh, Matthew and in Luke, I think, mm-hmm. quotes this scripture and he says, like, haven't you read the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? And he's talking about himself. So he's like, right. oh, yeah, people threw this stone out. Despised they, and rejected. They despised him. They uh, didn't care about him. But look at what he came back in unexpected ways and right. has actually become the cornerstone of of the faith. So there we go. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, cool. I, I love this idea of cornerstone. So I want to talk about it, but it's your guys turn. Cool. What did so, you pick? Well, I've got two here and I want okay. to say Zach, which one okay. you chose first. Okay. I'm going off the script kind of, Oh, going off there's the script. one, that, there's one that we didn't write much about, okay. um, or anything about, but I want to talk about the 1040 window. Okay. Not, one not, not one of my two. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. The 1040 window, Colin, have you ever heard the 1040 window? No. Okay, so you have to have, like, been around people talking about missions in either the late 90s or early 2000s. Okay, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they still use this. Uh, I haven't heard it in a while. I'll be honest. I haven't either, but it also tends to be in very particular audiences as well, and we don't associate with a lot of those audiences anymore. I'm not an expert in cartography, but it refers to, like, a latitude-longitude line. Yes. It's, like, between 10 and 40 degrees latitude. 10 degrees below the equator and 40 degrees degrees above above the the equator. And a 1040 EZ... That you would basically <laughs> fill out. No, because no, churches are tax exempt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At yeah. least for now we are. Um, yeah, but so it refers to this this latitude line 
in um, like that cuts across like from Africa over through Asia. Yep. And that is where like 98% or something of Of the world's unreached people. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Which is another term unreached peoples, Mm -hmm. basically, you know, cultures and um, groups of people who have not commonly heard the message of Christ, or maybe some who've not been, uh, not had a missionary even come to them. Most of the people in the world who have not experienced the gospel um, apparently live within this latitude on the map. Um, so they, so that's the thing when uh, you go to like missions conferences or whatever, they always used to right. say like, what we're targeting here is we're going to, sh- we're going to shoot for the 1040 window. We're going to close that 1040 window down. Yes. You know. Yes. And so yeah. if you're doing international missions, this is where it needs to target because this is That's where the, you have to, the it's most the only impact. place. Yes. Yeah, the only place where international missions should be done. Yes. <laughs> and so um, <laughs> just doing a little bit of research here uh, as, as you pull this up. And it does look like this was coined in 1990. Yes. Um, so oh this, this is it's a relative. So yes, it is a very rel- relatively new term, and mm-hmm. so and oftentimes you will hear it by those who were raised and uh, and brought up in the '90s era church world. Mm. Um, and so because this so, was in fact the target. So basically, they didn't give any care for like the the northern Russian areas. It wasn't that there wasn't any Greenland. Care. <laughs> it, it's, it's not that missions. Was, apparently, missions, they yeah. don't care, Bob. Okay, forty-five or higher. Okay. <laughs> forty-five window. <laughs> yeah, no it, missions happened in those places. But so it's it, it's also as 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 this Wikipedia. I'll be honest. I'm I'm utilizing the resources of Wikipedia. It's all good, man. We and, and and all the resources that they seem to reference. But they did mention the fact that eighty-two percent at the time, eighty-two percent of the. Uh, 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 of the 3 billion people living in such poverty-stricken nations, 82% lived in the 1040 window. So oh, so if you're going well, to do poverty sense. relief, this is where you want to go. If you want to work on unreached, this is where you mm-hmm. want to go. China uh, is included there. Yep, very um, much so. Thailand, much of Africa, but not like Southern Africa, though. A lot of like North, uh, much of the Middle East, like the entire Middle East. Yes. I'm yes. looking at this but, map now, Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And even over into Nigeria and, yeah. and, uh, and, and even the Western African nations. Right. Technically, if you just scooch over on the, on the map, uh, America's in the 1040, like latitude. It, 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 is, it is, but yeah. not necessarily but if you, the, the if window you were, they're If you were to reach over to America with the 1040 window, I think you would hit the Bible belt actually. So, <laughs> <That's kinda interesting. laughs> so anyway. there's gotta be, there's gotta which, be a East which, and West boundary yeah. too. Yes. <laughs> it's 1040 by 1040. It's like a, yeah. And it's like I'm a panoramic thing yeah. across. So it's like a Panavision. Well, I mean, I understand the implication is that, you know, there are there are there is a certain area of our world that is uh, in greater need. Um, But yeah, so I like uh, how it was just a it was a catchphrase. Yeah, that's funny, though. Missions organizations use like, well, very much. Where are we doing our operations? Well, mostly within the 1040 window. window. So you want to support us because we're having the most impact. Yeah, it became yeah. a marketing. It's very mar- Yeah, very savvy marketing things. Yeah, I, I remember it to this day. So, <laughs> so uh, there is a scripture here, guys, that I'm going to read, and it's, it talks about the 1040 window. It's in Second uh, 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 Leviticus uh, five, <laughs> Matthew 1040. Second <laughs> Leviticus five, and it says here, uh, uh, walk ten talons uh, on the uh, graphical <laughs> map. And 40 talons north or south. Like how talons are a measurement of distance yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, they are. 
So, you oh my down. goodness. No, I'm teasing. Yeah. Uh, Matthew 1040. <laughs> any, oh, Matthew 1040. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. That's, that's interesting. Arguably, Whoa, Jesus. That's that's relatable. Okay. Okay. Jesus shot in the dark <laughs> on that. Out his disciples. That's really interesting. Okay. So, yeah. but... So the, I guess my, uh, the close things out, I, I had two that I was, as I mentioned before, before that I was kind of uh, wavering between. I was looking at the get out of hell free card, your fire insurance, the idea of salvation being nothing but the but of way of getting out. But I think I'm going to go with hedge of protection. Ooh, love that. Um, See, that one I would rather hear about because I know about the other one. Yes. And so yeah. the hedge of protection is such a neat one. Um, a lot of people in the Christian subculture know of this of one of two ways. Either they know about it because they had an old preacher that prayed a hedge of protection, uh-huh. um, or they've seen the uh, the Tim Hawkins um, a comedic <laughs> sketch regarding a hedge of protection, and where he portrayed Satan as being um, uh, foiled and unable to access anyone because of the shrubbery. That's a. That's, that's why a, the Knights of Knee wanted a shrubbery. <laughs> Shrubbery. <laughs> what is a shrubbery? <laughs> so, um, yeah. but it does actually have biblical implications. Yeah. Um, and so uh, we, we do find it primarily in, um, in Isaiah. Isaiah I, 5. Yes. I yes. actually wrote a paper about Isaiah 5 uh, last semester. Really? Yeah. So it's called uh, the Song of the Vineyard, Isaiah 5, 1 through 7. Interesting. Okay. And it talks about how. Um, God, it's like an allegory for Israel and it says, okay, so I, God was this vineyard owner and he planted a garden and, uh, he gathered up all the stones and he built a wall with a hedge around it and he built a watchtower and he like did all this stuff to make sure that the grapes produced good fruit, but then the grapes produced bad fruit. And then Isaiah says like, now judge me between me and my vineyard yeah. who's in the wrong here. And it's like, Oh, you got us. Uh, so he's like, kind of, he's bringing to Israel like, yeah, you all produced bad fruit, even though God did everything for you, right. you know? And yes. so that was what the hedge of protection kind of comes from. But it's funny because in that song, God says, well, what, what should the vineyard owner do? Well, he's going to remove the hedge of protection because you all produce bad fruit. I got to wipe this clean and start over. And so that was Isaiah. Interesting. Kind of Debbie and Downer prophecy it's, there. <laughs> and it's, it's, so the idea there is that this hedge is keeping out the wild animals from the vineyard. It's, yeah. it's, it's and, and it's not like a four foot tall shrubbery, but in fact, it is actually a, quite a rather tall uh, wall designed yeah. to keep out wild animals, even including bears and and panthers and other yeah. more dangerous beasts that we wouldn't normally think of. Um, it, in the case of Isaiah, people even. You know, Babylonians, hint, hint. Absolutely. You know, right? <laughs> yes, yes. And so, and, and, and so, so, so this is one that is often misunderstood or, or, or um, ignored or um, um, it's, it's one of those terms that just gets passed down without actually understanding where it's coming from. That he's not referring to a four foot um, uh, yeah. piece of greenery <laughs> that separates you from your neighbor's yard, but in fact, an actual wall. I actually found an interesting scripture that I thought would uh, is really good for what yeah. you're talking about. Sure. Um, it's first, uh, so it's Job, okay, chapter one, and we're gonna just go to the part where Satan is allowed to test Job, mm-hmm. and I'll start in verse eight, okay, uh, of chapter one. And it says, "And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, mm-hmm. a blameless and upright man?" 
who fears God and turns away from evil. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for no reason? Have you not put a hedge around him and his mm. house and all that he has on every side? Have You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in That's the land. That's a really good one. And then in verse 11 it says, But stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will curse you to your face. So... That's a really good reference and, and gives yeah. even a better. Um, yeah. yeah. So ESV says hedge. I'm pretty sure uh, a few yeah, other ones. NIV hedge. does too. Okay. And so what's what's cool about that is that even Satan acknowledges what a hedge is. Yeah. What mm-hmm. what he's really talking about. Is that, yeah. You, you have protected him. You have allowed him to prosper. To flourish. You have put flourish. a fence around him to keep out things that would threaten him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you've allowed his like his land to flourish, his family to do well. Right. So when a pastor or another Christian says, I just pray a hedge of protection around you, what they're meaning is they're meaning that they pray for God to protect you and keep the things that would harm you away from you. Yeah. So, so there you go. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, great ep, everybody involved, yeah. including the listeners. Thank you for sticking with us. Um we enjoy taking some of these like kind of sides and just kind of go looking through the scripture. And it's been fun to kind of uh, 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 sort of explain some of these terms out, some of the things you might hear in song or in the scripture or pastor message. So it's been yeah, a lot buddy. of fun. I think right. we mostly got most of them done. Maybe we'll have enough for another episode down the road or something. Like yeah, that. sure. Yeah. Awesome. But um, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, please yeah, check yeah. us out. Uh, as we have asked you in the past, uh, please uh, check out, any of our previous episodes, if this is your first one, welcome. Um, God bless you. Hopefully and, you found this to be useful. Yeah. yeah and, uh, and give and, us some kind of comment, um, comment. And, or uh, or give us a review. That does actually really help other people find us. So we are on uh, Apple, Spotify, and all those other like third-party different podcasting apps. We're on yeah. pretty much all of them. Um, so wherever you're listening, hit several stars or five. And uh, <laughs> let people know about us. Yep. Yep. And of course, check us out on Patreon. And we look forward to seeing you, uh, to uh, speaking with you in the next one. All right. God bless. Peace. Peace.